Hi, welcome to the Integrative Health Podcast with Dr. Jen Flegar. This podcast is meant to educate and empower about important health topics. Dr. Jen's passion is to get to the root cause of disease and prevent illness. She will also feature guests who are experts in their fields and experiences in all things related to integrative medicine. Hello, this is Dr. Jen. Welcome back to the Integrative Health Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and give a five-star review and share with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hello, it's Dr. Jen. Welcome back to the Integrative Health Podcast. So tonight we have Andrew Latour. He is the owner of Jemba Red LLC, makers of red light therapy panels and ambient red night lights for sleep. Andrew is well-versed in all the things light therapy from sunlight to blue light, red and infrared light. Proper usage of light was critical in Andrew's health journey through chronic illness and obesity. Andrew has a bachelor's in science and chemical engineering with 10 years of industry experience in manufacturing of high precision specialty products. Andrew brings his experience to the red light panel industry by ensuring his products are all high quality, low EMF, low flicker, and professionally verified. I'm really excited. I found Jemba Red and Andrew through Instagram, and I love following him and his company. So thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Dr. Jen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So can you take us through a little bit of your health journey and how you got into the red light panel business through your health journey? Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, you know, I went to school uh, for chemical engineering and I didn't really have any knowledge of health or anything like that. So, um, you know, I had a long history of being obese, of uh, chronic sinus issues, of, um, you know, brushing up against being pre- uh, pre-diabetes. Um, so, you know, all these things kept stacking up and stacking up. And um, I felt like when I started working full time as an engineer, it just, you know, it kept on dragging me down further and further. And, um, you know, eventually I was introduced by my wife to um, actually she was into far infrared technology. She was uh, into the biomat, which is a far infrared um, heating mat. And, you know, that kind of, I was very skeptical of it at the time. I was like, you know, what is, what is this heating kind of thing? Um, And, you know, we ended up going to, you know, a little bit more at a time of health conferences. And I got into the Bulletproof diet, uh, which is, you know, kind of a keto diet where you drink the butter and the coffee in the mornings. Um, and I started going to those conferences and they were introducing red light therapy there, um, these led panels. And I kind of, I was standing in front of some of these booths and I could have just bought one, um, when all these companies were launching them and they had so much hype and I was looking at, I was like, well, you know, these are just kind of led panels. Like there's not, you know, they're LEDs that I used to pick up at Radio Shack when I was a kid and, you know, play Mm. around with, there's really not a lot of special technology with this. Um, so I kind of held off and then I started searching around and then um, I was living in China for a while and I ended up um, meeting with some manufacturers there and um, kind of decided to kind of start my own business and uh, uh, kind of took off from there because when I first, especially when I first launched over four years ago now, there was a big demand for having someone that was you know, more affordable, that was more transparent, that was, you know, doing the right things. Um, so 
it really took me, you know, down this path. And, you know, I was always interested in it for, um, you know, my personal kind of back pain issues and, um, you know, just trying to improve my health any way I can. Um, and especially with sleep as well as, as sleep has always been a big thing for me. Um, and I think light therapies are such a key part of it and controlling your light and under, understanding what, you know, what's light doing to you and your sleep and circadian rhythm. So I think all those came together and I, you know, kind of started Gamba Red and, and that's where I am now. That's so awesome. And who better to start a company with these products than an engineer, honestly? Yeah. Yeah. You really I, understand yeah. the science. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of aspects for designing a product, making sure it works well, making sure it's good quality. Um, you know, and I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of people were jumping on this bandwagon and, you know, you can kind of just import these panels from China and not do the right things and not understand the science. And, you know, that was happening rampantly and, and it was really an open door for a lot of, lot of false claims in, in the industry. Yeah. Now, a really important point is EMFs because, you know, when you go into the biohacking and the wearables and all of these things and the saunas and the red light panels, EMFs are big because as you know, my listeners, if they follow me on Instagram, they know that I get a little crazy with EMFs because, you know, they're unavoidable, but I don't want to purposely put my body in the way of more EMFs. So can you talk about maybe how your panels differ from other panels on the market and how? Yeah, especially, um, like I said, four years ago when I first came out, EMFs were such a big concern. I think it's almost like um, now that red light therapy is becoming more and more mainstream, people aren't like, you know, you, you kind of find someone off the street. First, you have to convince them what red light therapy is, and then you have to convince them that EMFs are a thing too. Um, so now we're getting like less and less interest in the EMF part of, of these health devices, but it is important, you know, any electronic device um, that, especially if you plug it into a wall, it's going to have some kind of EMF. Uh, most people are familiar with the EMFs from your cell phones, from 5G, from uh, cellular, you know, cell signals, from Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, those are all your communications frequencies. Um, and that's typically not a problem with red light therapy unless they put in a Bluetooth module so you can control it from your phone or whatever, um, which I don't do. But you, with red light therapy, you have to worry about what's called the um, low frequency EMFs. Those are usually the alternate, <laughs> alternating currents from your, your power grid, the 60 hertz or 50 hertz if you're in other parts of the world. And so you usually get a cyclical kind of um, electrical field and a magnetic field. So those are the two big kind of fields you can get from red light therapy, but also, like you said, from saunas and from, you know, most other devices. Um, so what I do with my panels, and, you know, this was a big concern when I first launched because everyone wants to be kind of natural and have no EMF exposure. Um, one of the big things I found was just making sure the product's grounded. Um, so, you know, using that third prong and making sure the, the product is, is grounded, that eliminates the electric field most of the times. Um, so that's really key. Um, I found that certain power adapters can, you you know, if you find find a good power adapter, it'll be low, low EMF. Um, and then also 
Magnetic fields are often caused by the fans in units. So a lot of my panels don't use fans um, mm -hmm. as well as having the power drivers. Um, so all of those things go together. You can really reduce it down. There's no kind of magic crystals that I shove in the panels to reduce it. <laughs> it's all kind of science-based of like, okay, we're going to do the right things. It's all, you know, like, you know, any electrical engineer understands that EMFs are manipulated all the time to make your products work. Um, so it's it's not any any voodoo or, or anything to be afraid of um, because you can control it and block it and shield it um, in different ways. Yeah, that's good. Oh, cause, so I have a small, probably like 8 by 11 um, near and red light panel that I bought. It was four years ago. So I don't even think I knew about your company. And it does have a fan in it because I hear it kicking on. But I, I got it four years ago because I wanted something that I could do for my skin while I was pregnant. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm 37 and pregnant again. So I, I wanted, and it was actually really nice. I would sit, I sit, sit there with the red panel when I was pregnant and I would meditate every morning. And, but now I, I have another little one. So I don't really do that in the morning, but I really on my, my next, you know, to do next big biohacking thing I want to buy is a bigger light panel um, from you guys because that's on my wish list. So I know everyone has a wish list, right? Of of, of some good stuff. But well, let's talk about some general benefits um, for our listeners and our audience out there. A lot of people just don't even know what red light does. Um, you know, so if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, you know, I can kind of get started with. How does it kind of work on a cellular level? Um, because that's, if I just jump into the benefits, it's like kind of astounding and, you know, it's hard yeah. to believe. I guess like what is red light? Because, you know, I get one thing that people don't understand is that light has so many different wavelengths. You know, we look at the sun, there's lasers, like I, I use lasers in my aesthetics, like, um, different, like a 1927 laser, you know, so there's different nanometers. So maybe you know, it's really fascinating. So maybe put that into easy terms for us. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, sunlight and white lights, those are typically the full spectrum. When you have a white, you know, a color that's white, that contains all the colors. Black is devoid of any colors. Um, so red light is is kind of the longer of the wavelengths on, on this kind of rainbow. If you memorize the um, kind of Roy G. Biff, acronym on the on the rainbow that's actually in order of um of wavelength of oh. red or yellow uh green blue indigo violet um so that's actually in order of of the spectrum that that's that it's on so violet is going to be the shorter uh wavelengths which have you know those these higher kind of bioactive aspects to it which you know, can help produce uh, vitamin D if you go in the ultraviolet um, and, you know, can actually have a lot of uh, germ germicidal kind of things that can help kind of kill stuff. Uh, blue light is also good at killing bacteria. And then you go into the longer wavelengths and uh, you get red and, you know, usually with red, it starts around 600 nanometers. Um, so you'll see these numbers a lot, like six, 630, 660 sometimes 670. Those are used in a lot of uh, studies for eye health. Um, and then we kind of jump into the near infrared range where 
it's invisible to the human eye. So when we talk about infrared light, um, it's kind of a confusing statement because it's it's not actually light. There's nothing coming out of it. That's a common confusion when people get these panels and they're like, oh, how come all these LEDs aren't, aren't lighting up? It's because half of them are going to be red, which is visible, and then the other half is going to be near infrared, which is I- invisible. So, um, But they're emitting this invisible wavelength. Usually it's um, in the mid-800s of a nanometer, so it's 810, 830. 850 is really popular um, in most brands. Um, But yeah, like you said, you can go up into the 900s or even uh, low thousands and still get it because the reason why we use these wavelengths from, you know, this red to near infrared range um, is because of the optical window of the skin, um, which basically means that red to near infrared has very good penetration, unlike any other wavelength. Uh, where wavelengths below it tend to get blocked by the skin more superficially. Uh, and then wavelengths usually longer than a thousand nanometers, uh, they get absorbed by the water in your skin and more as a, a kind of a heating. So we've got this optical window where the light can actually penetrate through, uh, which is, you know, really fascinating to begin with. Um, and then once it makes it through, this, this red and near infrared light has been shown to stimulate our mitochondria where our mitochondria has these photoreceptors these light receptors um one of the the most common theories is that it's the cytochrome c oxidase which is uh the last enzyme in the cellular respiration process um that it it can absorb into that it dissociates nitric oxide and it helps you know complete the atp cycle to produce more atp for the cell Um, so you know and there's been tons and tons of studies about this mechanism. Um, and if that's true, that's, you know, really amazing. It helps your cell work more efficiently. Um, and the other, uh, mechanism that I'm very interested in is also, it can get absorbed into the intracellular water in the mitochondria and it forms, uh, easy water, which is the exclusion zone water that, um, uh, I think Gerald Pollack has studied. And he, he wrote a book called The Fourth Phase of Water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it forms this easy water in your cells and it helps make um, it, it act more efficiently and also gets kind of the same results of producing more ATP. Um, but, you know, r- regardless of what the mechanism is, it helps your mitochondria and your mitochondria is in basically all of your cells. It doesn't mean you know, your skin, your eyes, yeah. your brain. Uh, your all your organs um, in your bones. So that's why, you know, if, if you just ask someone for a list of the, the clinical studies and the benefits, it, it can help you in almost all parts of your body. And, and that's sometimes it's like, wow, is this kind of more of a snake oil or is this like a real? Right. real Ancita, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but if you understand it, it's, it's really foundational. It's in the mitochondria. Um, then, it, you know, it kind of starts to make more sense. Right. And so for our listeners out there, I mean, your mitochondria, that is your powerhouse. That's your energy. And especially as we age, our mitochondria get a little bit, um, oh, they just get damaged, sluggish, old. I don't, I hate to say that, but, you know, look at kids. They're like the perfect mitochondrial energy, right? And we just do things that 
kind of give our mitochondria a hit. Um, the big one, you know, COVID. I mean, COVID is really tough on the mitochondria. I put everyone on, you know, some supplements to help their mitochondria post COVID. But gosh, now I'm thinking I should just tell everyone to go buy a red light and share it with their family and sit in front of that panel and, and help their mitochondria in a different way. And, and I think that's what's, what's so great about all these different biohacking tools that if you can say, you know, put some money away, um, you know, $10 a week or don't buy Starbucks, which is moldy coffee anyway, but you know, don't do that every week, save your money, buy something that's actually going to help your health and give you actual energy, actually make that mitochondrial happy and thrive. So I, I think that's so cool. And talking about the nitric oxide and all of that, I mean, this is just what's happening intracellularly. And when you take care of your body and do different things. This is, I mean, I would just call red light therapy biohacking basically. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it really picked up a lot of traction was yeah. in the biohacking communities. Uh, like I said, at, especially at some of these conferences at like Bulletproof conference and uh, paleo FX and, and, you know, really took off with that community. Um, but you, you know, we saw it kind of take off with the skincare community as well with like a lot of, um, these skincare spas and um, kind of you can get an LED facial um, yeah. and, you know, a, a lot of the products were, were getting pushed to get approved for, um, you know, for skincare, for anti-wrinkle, anti-aging um, and anti-acne. Uh, so, you know, and so it had a lot of traction in the skincare industry. And then you see a few influencers every once in a while, you might see like a Kardashian or, or someone you know, yeah. using a certain uh, LED product. Well, um, you want so, to, it know, stimulates the collagen. Yeah. Yeah. It stimulates collagen can help kind of build back uh, the wrinkles in the skin and, um, you know, just have great skin. So even just on a cosmetic level, if that's all you're interested in, um, that's, that's pretty remarkable. So, so yeah. let's talk about dosing. So, so tell us if someone would get like a smaller panel versus a full body panel, um, you know, kind of how they would dose that, like how long they would use it, how many times, um, you know, I know, you know, you could put it, if you, if you have a sore muscle, you could use it there or, you know, thyroid to help the thyroid. So I guess kind of if someone would be interested in getting one, how often would they use it? Because I know that you could, you can go to different like health places and use the red light. But I personally, that's just not enough usage, right? You need to use it more. Right. Unless you're, yeah. Uh, I mean, typically you want to use it once a day um, is, is a pretty good dose with the red light panel. Um, you could do as low as, you know, two or three times a week. Um, you know, in some studies, if they're using a high power laser or, you know, they're limited on how often the person can visit the clinic, you, you could see it, you know, happening just once a week or something like that. Um, so, you know, what a typical dose looks like is, yeah, you, you're usually going to target whatever your area of concern is, is like, you know, if you're aiming for the face, you know, for the, for your skincare benefits, if you're aiming for your thyroid, um, I've got, you know, my panels are usually pretty thin. So I'll put them right on my lower back while I'm sitting upright on my chair. So, and, you know, you, and you can just sit with it. So it's really kind of a passive thing as long as you can kind of sit down with it for usually just 15 or 20 minutes is a decent dose. Um, and you can do that once a day. Um, you know, if you really want to work on something specific, you can do it twice a day, you know, usually on opposite side 
sides of the day in the morning and then in the evening. Um, and, you know, that's that's typically, you know, really straightforward dosing structures, do, trying to get in front of it once a day for 15 minutes and then targeting. I would say you usually just target your major pain points um, or, you know, whatever you're trying to work on for for skin or health. Or um, and then there's systemic parts of the body you can kind of target. Uh, like you said, the thyroid is a great place to, to help boost that along. Uh, when I'm doing my lower back, that's also helping helping the kidneys and the adrenals. Um, and then there's some really cool studies about targeting um, your bones because when you target your bones, it can help stimulate uh, stem cell production. So they've done studies where you can target the tibia, um, and I think even even the sternum, where you know those bones are very close to the surface of the skin. Um, and that can stimulate stem cell production. And they found that you can benefit your brain or your heart just by targeting the tibia. So it's, uh-huh. it's really, it's kind of a, it can be a whole body effect because it's, it gets into the bloodstream also, uh, you know, and it can help activate these inflammatory, anti-inflammatory systems that helps the whole body. So even if you're just, you know, have a smaller product, that's all you can afford. You can really do some great things. And not feel like, oh, I have to do this small product uh, 10 minutes on one spot, 10 minutes on another spot, 10 minutes on my back. Um, You know, I think people get the wrong perception because the full body panels have been so dominant in the market. They think they they can only get, you know, a benefit if they engulf their whole body. Um, But you have to think back to the origins of red light therapy was with lasers and still a lot of the studies were, you know, have been done with lasers. It's a very small spot size. They're not engulfing the whole body. I think I have a blog that um, in total are only about five or six studies on full body uh, red light therapy. So there's still a lot we don't know how to dose full body red light therapy properly, uh, despite all the companies claiming they have some, some special formula. Um, but, you know, usually you start with kind of trying to do a reasonable dose if you've got a large full body panel, you have to think about the distance that you are away from the panel uh, because the light from an LED is divergent, which means it's going to spread out and it's going to lose intensity over a certain amount of distance. Um, so that means you have to be you know, relatively close to it, usually six inches away or 12 inches away, um, depending on, you know, again, the intensity and the beam angle of the product. Um, but you're going to, you know, kind of stand there or position yourself, you know, six to 12 inches away and then and then kind of, you know, time it out, you know, do your 10 to 20 minutes from there. Um, so, you know, there's a few factors like that, but uh, ultimately you just got to try it out and see kind of what kind of formula works for you and and say, oh, you know, does it work better in the morning or at the nighttime? Because sometimes at night it can be very stimulating because it is a bright light. Um, for some people that can help kind of stimulate them too much or some people really like doing it at night and it helps it helps them wind down. So right, I, self-experimentation, like you said, going back to being a biohacker and just, you know, don't be afraid to kind of play around with it. Yeah. And I like that you touched on how close you should be and, and that if you get a certain panel, I mean, that will be explained, right? Like how far you should stand away from it or, right? Yeah. It depends yeah. on the strength. I, yeah. And a lot of my panels, I because they're super low EMF, I, I say you can put it right on the skin because 
Um, your skin is also a barrier that does block, uh, reflect a lot of red and near-infrared light. Um, some studies say it's about 60% of red and near-infrared can reflect off your skin. So most of the studies, if they're using a laser or you know small LED clusters, they'll place it right on the skin to help kind of push it past that skin barrier and, and force it in, you know deeper into the body. Um, and again, that's a big kind of dosing problem and myth with these big full body panels um, that, you know, we're not really accounting for the reflection losses. Mm. Um, so, you know, even my big body panels, they do use fans. Um, so they've got a little bit of that magnetic field in it. Um, but most of my other smaller part products don't use fans and you can use very close to the skin. And that helps eliminate that question of like, oh, I got to get a ruler and I got to measure out three inches or six inches. And, right. you know, the, sometimes most of my panels and the small ones, I just put right on the skin and you don't have to think about measuring distances out. Oh, that's cool. Now, aren't there also some studies that support like for men, like testosterone and like you just like on the testes having the red light and stuff? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of studies. I'm not sure how many have been in uh, full-grown men. Like a lot of the studies are in uh, rats or in mice. Um, and they do show, you know, better sperm mobility. Um, and, you know, you certainly get a boost of circulation to to that part of the body. Um, so I think a lot of guys are trying it out and they, you know, they, they tend to really like it. Um, but most most of the reports have been anecdotal or by a few kind of influencers that say, oh, you know, buy this product and uh, I got I got a certain result. So you can, too. Um, so, you know, I think we should still be cautious about like how much of an expectation there should be. Um, but there's you know, there's really no harm. Sometimes there's a myth that um, they say near infrared can damage uh, uh, your your sperms or your your cells. Um, uh, but those studies were done with very high intensities on, mm. you know, rodents. Um, so they weren't, aren't really applicable to humans. So I, I always try to remind people not to be afraid of near infrared just because they were using a high intensity laser right. on, on some animals. Um, but you know, so overall you can get, get some really good results with it. Um, but I always try to kind of say, Hey, let's you can't just kind of do it and kind of eat, eat potato chips and watch TV all day and expect right. you're going to have a result. Usually like you're doing all this other stuff to try to boost testosterone, like improving your sleep and working out and, and lowering your stress and eating right. Right. Um, so yeah, there's it's not, it's just an added benefit possibly. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. So what are some precautions or possible side effects? Um, what ages can you know, who, who should, shouldn't do this? Yeah, I think that's, it's always a good question. It's extremely safe, like according to, you know, kind of FDA and why it's not super regulated is because it's very low risk. It's, you know, it's just light. You can get this light from the sun. You can get it from normal light bulbs. You can get it from heat lamps. Um, so it's something you're, you've, you've encountered, you know, throughout evolution, throughout our entire, you know, kind of existence on planet Earth. Um, but, you know, that's that's the thing. We're living in indoor lifestyle now. Um, so sometimes when you first start doing red light therapy, 
it can seem uncomfortably bright. Um, so you can kind of see some after images or kind of see some spots. Um, you know, really the only precaution is like if you have like an excessive in amount of intensity, which is very hard to do with an LED panel, but some companies are trying to do it for marketing reasons. They say, Oh, we have the highest intensity. Um, but that, you know, there's no st studies that say, Oh, you need a super high intensity. You need the right amount of intensity because too much can actually start to reverse your benefits. Um, that's the biphasic dose response. So, and you know, that's been very well studied. So it's not about just getting some super high intensity and sitting in front of the panel for a very long amount of time. You're not going to get any extra benefit and you could be working against yourself. Um, you know, and generally if you're doing a full body light and, and you've never done something like this before, um, you know, some people could kind of feel a little bit drained or fatigued. Um, and you know, they'll probably just need some hydration and minerals and, um, things like that just to make sure, you know, they're replenishing them because you're activating your cells and activating your mitochondria because so everything's going to demand a little bit more, you know, nutrition and water and, and salt and hydration. Um, so that's, that's important to keep in mind. Um, with the eyes, um, generally again, it's beneficial for the eyes. Um, there's been some studies that get onto like CNN and major news about um, using 670 nanometer red light for uh, eye health. Um, but again, we get into some of this. Some people are afraid that near infrared is bad for the eyes, that, that in the long term it can cause cataracts. Uh, but, you know, that seems to be only the case, again, with extremely high intensities, uh, intensities that wouldn't, you know, are just kind of, it would be irresponsible for a company to make such a high intensity. Okay. Um, but so you don't, you can look at it, right? Um, or kind of look sideways at the near, at the panels that are going to have both in them. Or yeah. like, I think, didn't you have a picture of you in like welder's eye stuff yeah. if you wanted to do that, you said, but right. you don't have to? Yeah. And that's the thing. If, if it's a comfort thing or if you're, you're still afraid of it for some reason, you can get um, these kind of welder's glasses. They're usually a green kind of tint. Um, and I've got a blog of a few that I've tested out. Um, so you can, you know, you can wear those. And, what's, and the, it out. what's the light though that welders use? So, so I work in the ER too still, and I, I've seen so many um, welders, the arc injuries. Cause like, and I'm like, you weren't wearing your hood. And they're like, no, I took it off for yeah. a second. <laughs> or actually, you know what it usually is? It's like, they're a welder but then they're doing something at their house and they are not, they don't have their full gear. Um, and it's so painful. So, but what, so what is that nanometer? What's that wavelength? You, you actually get a pretty big range. Cause I've worked at some work sites and okay. you know, yeah, the same thing kind of happened, but it, it ends up looking kind of like a white light. Um, but it's, it's like an incandescent bulb, you know what I mean? Because it's a very hot, flash of light very hot kind of bright so it's like a incandescent bulb where it's it's got it does have a lot of blue light in it too so that that can also be damaging um but it's got a lot of not only near infrared but the longer wavelengths of, of far infrared mm -hmm. and it's just this burst of kind of heat and and all this brightness at the same time um so yeah you can really kind of kind of get hit by that and that's where a lot of the 
fear about near infrared comes from is also with the glass blower industry and, and, you know, people working around uh, infrared products for long periods of time. So if you're working in a foundry or a glass blower area or a bakery and you don't have any eye protection, you're getting a combination of uh, all the, all the infrareds, not just near and heat. So it's, again, it's the heating aspect that causes these, this glass blowers cataract in, in a lot of workplaces. But again, an, an LED, these, these are ubiquitous. They're being LED, uh, near infrared lights are being used in security cameras. That's where you get like kind of the night vision in the security cameras. Mm. So we're getting aimed at with near infrared LEDs, no matter, you know, wherever you go nowadays. Um, and they've evaluated these for safety that, you know, as long as the intensity is low enough, you can have that exposure. Like you said, don't just don't, you know, you can stare at it for maybe a few seconds at a time or glance at it. Uh, but generally, you want to be just looking off to the side of the panel. Um, so you're not getting that direct okay. intensity directly into the eyes. And, so, and it, it really just depends on the intensity of the product. Okay. So n- night cameras, like to get off topic, like baby <laughs> monitors, that's infrared? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're using... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and think about so and think about all the EMF like too. We always we never bought new technology. I always thought like borrowed a used one or something or sometimes we would just use the radio sound because I'm like I don't want EMF in my child's face. Yeah. You know, 12 hours and then we co-sleep so then. But you know, I but so that's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if if you know because near infrared is invisible so i don't know if that beaming that light on them all night does that even does can that affect them it can affect you know they they won't feel it because it's very low intensity but it's sometimes the same exact wavelength 850 nanometers is used heavily in the security camera industry and that's why a lot of companies use it for red light therapy because it's cheap because it's already mass produced um so it's it's literally the same wavelength a lot of times even dr hamblin was on a few interviews and he says he uses a security camera light. You can get them on Amazon or whatever and you block out the the light sensor and he would use it like for his transcranial uh, light therapy on his forehead. Uh, so it's very interesting. So, yeah, that is interesting. So there's different ways, especially before I'd say five or six years ago, people were trying to hack this industry like, you know, getting security cameras and getting grow lights and getting all these different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, now there's more and more commercial products that you can do. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, so what are, what about um, like red light? So I have like, and I got a bunch for Christmas presents, the red reading lights. So that's just a red LED light, right? And then, because we're using that at night. So, we don't like, cause right now, you know, we're recording this late at night and I blue light all over. Right. And that's yes. terrible for me. So right. can you talk a little bit about like the benefits of using just the red lights at night? Yeah. You know, cause we're yeah. kind of talking about red light, like therapy, but now I guess more we're, I want to just talk about like, you know, not having blue light surrounding you um, all the time. Um, and what I do is I like to read at night with my little red light, I put my phone down and that really kind of sets my, my tone. But what I want to do is get a bunch of red light bulbs everywhere. I know I messaged you about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've got a blog of, you know, a bunch of really affordable uh, red light bulbs that you can get. And, you know, it's, it's another one of those things that in my own health journey of trying to improve my sleep is, you know, I got into wearing blue blocker glasses at night and those are usually a red lens or an orange lens. And the ones I wear are just uh, UVEX. Uh, it's called Skyper and they're, they're just an orange lens. They're safety glass um, that have full wrap around, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, they develop these for, um, like a dentistry, like for UV curing applications mm-hmm. to protect mm-hmm. the practitioner. Um, so th- it's a, a cheap, very cheap hack and it's very effective because it's used to protect people from uh, blue light and UV light. Um, and it, so I got into wearing blue blockers at night. And then when you're wearing blue blockers, you realize, well, why don't I just change the bulbs in my house to just not have blue light? Um, you know, especially the ones that you use in the evening, maybe your bedside lamps and, um, some of your bedrooms and, you know, places that you don't, you just use at night. Um, because blue light is a very stimulating wavelength. It tells us it's time to be awake. It shuts off melatonin production. Um, so that's why it's, you know, blue light's not always a bad thing. It's good to have during the day. You get it from the sun, you get, you know, there are blue light kind of therapy devices you can kind of use during the day to help kind of wake you up. Uh, but then at night, you you want to start eliminating the blue light. You want to have dimmer lights uh, because the blue light has been shown to, you know, stop your melatonin production. And then you have poor quality sleep or it can just kind of keep you stimulated and keep you awake. Uh, you know, if you're staring at your phone screen or, or doing this or that. Um, so then I kind of was looking around. I was like, oh, that's weird. Nobody's making uh, red night lights. No one's making uh, just simple kind of plug-in uh, night lights or book lights or things like that. Um, there has been a market for uh, kind of low blue uh, reading lights where there'll be a little bit more amber or yellow. Uh, but nobody was doing like a true red color, you know, that's perfectly pure because if you get really hardcore, you don't even want exposure to green light at night either. Um, so then you, you're just stuck with red at night. Um, so I started making some of these products and they took off because, you know, it was just kind of filling a void that no one else was making. So um, it's, it's really important kind of a sleep hygiene kind of concept to say, okay, you know, I'm going to switch out some light bulbs. I'm going to use red bulbs wherever I can at night. Um and then even in the morning, think about how you're going to start your day with brighter lights, with getting out into the sun. Uh, maybe you, you can use a red light panel on your face and get that bright red light exposure to your eyes in the morning and helps anchor your circadian rhythm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, sometimes some confusion. Oh, can I use one of Andrew's uh, book lights for red light therapy? And that's, you know, that's not really the same kind of thing because those book lights are lower intensity Mm -hmm. you can't really use for a sufficient amount of of red light therapy. So it's really just having those ambient lights and, you know, you can really tell your eyes can relax a little bit more and it's, it's less strain on your eyes when you're using that uh, because your eyes are more sensitive to blue light at night. Um, So, you know, you and I are both talking and we've got white lights on Mm -hmm. because I turned on a bunch of white lights because it's, we're recording this kind of late. And I didn't want to fall asleep while we were talking. So 
<laughs> I turn on like so. It's kind of a biohack if I wanted to stay up and stay yeah. stimulated. I'm right. blasting myself with light to keep me awake while while we record this. Absolutely. Well, and and that's the thing. And I have a lot of patients. They struggle with this. I talk about bedtime um, regimens, and it's actually it's really interesting because when I see people in my office versus when I talk to patients in the ER. In the ER, I'll see a lot of kids that are just on melatonin. And I'm like, hey, what's their bedtime routine? Tell me about it. They don't have a good bedtime routine. No one spoke with them about it. They went to all to see all these big neurologists about sleep and no one's talked to them about bedtime routine. They were watching TV like right up until they go to bed, you know, and parents need to make sure that their kids are not on phones, that they're not watching TV right before bed or playing video games, that they're reading books, um, stuff that, you know, they're not in front of the computer screen because sleep is so important for kids. Now, adults, we do bad things sometimes. And I know I stay up and work too late on my computer, but then I have my routine of, I do go in my bed every night, um, and read with this red light and, my kids, they have the red lights to read too. I got them for them for Christmas this year. And I'm like, you guys can stay up as, you know, for a half an hour extra if you want and read with the the red light, just don't turn on a blue light. But, you know, and that's another thing, night lights are big circadian rhythm. Um, they mess them up. So you have that constant night light on in your child's room. And that is not, that's not good for them, right? This is why, you know, everyone's a little crazy around the full moon because you're shutting down the melatonin production. You have the light coming in. So you want your room to be dark. If you need a little red light, get one from Andrew um, and plug that in. So this this is just really important because melatonin and cortisol, they mirror each other. So we really want to make sure we support melatonin. It's an antioxidant. It's a hormone. It's so much more than just a sleep aid. And and with that, our melatonin decreases as we age too. So really, you know, these are things that it's, they seem nerdy and geeky, but gosh, they're so easy if you think about it, you know, um, yeah, they're with, just with the, easy things. Yeah. With the melatonin, they were, uh, you know, have been a lot, there's been a lot more press about, um, red and near infrared light that stimulates melatonin production. That's um, in the cell, you know, in the cells themselves. So we're finding out like more and more that melatonin is not just, you know, excreted by the pineal gland. It's being built inside the cells and it, it can be stimulated by, uh, it can start, you know, be produced by, you know, infrared stimulation. Um, so again, if you're getting outside in the sunlight or you're getting red light therapy, or if you're using, you know, a far infrared sauna, you can start to build that melatonin production in your cells and um you know you talked about there are potential applications of red light therapy for for covid um like you like uh they've they've had a few studies on um you know helping patients out you know with with that and it could be through anti-inflammatory processes or it could be through stimulating melatonin production um so it could be a big help yeah, it's really exciting. And I think that no matter what you do, you know, just listening to this podcast, maybe think about trying a red light therapy somewhere locally. And then if you like it enough, you know, get one yourself. It, it just, you feel really 
good after it. It's just, it's, it's hard to explain, right. Until you actually sit in front of one and feel it. And, And there's lots of science behind it. So it seems like an investment, but it's an investment in your health. So I, I really, I like my little one, but yeah, like I said, I do, I would like a bigger one and maybe get my husband to use it a little bit more. And Hey, you know, getting older, I, have collagen just increased all over my body would be fine. So right, right. But yeah, there's so many different benefits, and you you could be surprised by oh, you know, I'm you know I've got more energy during the day, or you're sleeping better, and it might be an unintended thing. Maybe you're trying to do it for uh, for skincare, or you're trying to do it for one thing, and you get benefits for others. So it's really like a, a Swiss Army knife of, of all of these different benefits. Like NASA was was using it for wound healing so it's like a first aid kind of kind of thing to think about for for recovering from scars and surgeries and uh for wounds um so it's a really great um tool just to have in your house for all kinds of applications yeah absolutely that's awesome and andrew he has lots of awesome information on his instagram and then blog articles he really goes deep into the science kind of nerdy. So that's, that's great. And, and you like to bust myths like me, you're a myth buster. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, I can get pretty enraging with, with some of the myths. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a new field, uh, you know, it's new to a lot of people. So it really opens up the doors to people kind of making up stuff as they go along and, and not trying to kind of stick to the science and stick to the facts and, um, you know, you got to build the credibility because it's such a new industry. It's new to so many people. You don't want to hurt the credibility of the industry by making making promises that, you know, don't really exist or, or saying your product, you know, is so much better than this or that without having any science behind it. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely busting myths, you know, just one at a time and trying to get more and more people to think about these things um, and share what I learned. So that way, hopefully more and more people are understanding the truth and then you can use it with more of a practical basis, not just, oh, I'm going to cure everything and and feel great and and all these things Um, have more of kind of a a scientific approach to it. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess one other question for you, what is your favorite biohacking tool since you've gone to all these different conferences and stuff other than of course your red light therapy panels what's your what's your second favorite that's yeah that's a great question i'm always trying new things so um you know different lights are are always what i go back to um i'd say my next favorite is maybe uh molecular hydrogen which is yeah which is uh you know and and you know it sprung up in a bunch of the conferences and what it started out with commercially was these little tablets that you can drop in the water and it dissolves the it's kind of hydrogen that's bonded with like a magnesium so it dissolves this hydrogen gas it's like you know those little um alka seltzers or whatever mm-hmm. um, so it, bub- it bubbles into your your glass and then you drink it and it and it can give you the the tablets are pretty advanced they can give you uh like seven ppm of hydrogen uh, which which is a good good amount. So as soon as I drink that, I I feel pretty like kind of clear headed and I feel really good. Um, so it's a super powerful anti inflammatory. 
Um, and it just kind of not antioxidant is what I meant to say. Um, super powerful antioxidant and it's because it's hydrogen, it's a very small molecule and it can get all over your body and into the brain. Um, so it's, it's a super powerful hack. Um, and then there are, you know, if you really want to invest into it, there are bigger, um, units. You can inhale the hydrogen gas. So it'll, you know, you put, you'll load it up with water and it'll turn it into hydrogen gas and you can in- inhale it. So that's more of a therapeutic thing. Um, so they're, they're a pretty big investment, but, um, if you got a chronic problem and, and you think having that strong antioxidant can help. Um, so that's, that's probably one of my other ones that I always go back to, hmm. but I'm, I'm always open to trying, you know, whatever I can find. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I think I listened to a podcast with the guy that created those hydrogen tablets and it really intrigued me. Now I'm going to have to go back in and research that. Cause if, if you like it, cause it's hard to know if it's real or not. Right. When you, yeah. so, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We all learned so much about red light therapy and all the panels and and everything and how to use them. So where can my listeners find you and your products? Yeah, everything is uh, under Gemba Red, um, which is uh, GembaRed.com, or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook is usually where I'm the most active. Uh, but I also have uh, a YouTube page that I, you know, especially with YouTube and and some of the Instagram, I can show pictures and videos and try to really, other than like just buying it and trying it yourself, um, which is the best thing is like, you know, maybe you can see these products on video or see some pictures and help you kind of understand it more because it's something you really got to see to start to wrap your head around of, of like what, you know, if you to see a website that says all these claims, like you don't know what it is, but I think, yeah, definitely engage with me on, on the social media and go to my website, gamberred.com. All right. Awesome. Andrew and Andrew has given me a code to use with you guys. Code Dr. Jen will save 10% on any products. So if you guys want to go over to the website and give the things a try. Like I said, amazing presence because I gave everyone a little red reading light. So I gave my husband one and he's like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, yeah, you need to read books at night with a red light and get off your phone. So we can all improve our health, right? No one's perfect. So thank you, Andrew, so much for coming on tonight. And it was a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This podcast is created and hosted by Jen Flegar and is for informational purposes only. It is not medical advice. This podcast disclaims responsibility for adverse effects from use of information contained in this podcast. This podcast does not promote opinions of their guests as their own and does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests of the show or endorse any qualifications for the guests of this podcast. Guests may have financial disclosures. If you think you have a medical problem, consult your personal physician team. Thank you for joining.